You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. This is Larry Hama, and you're listening to the Epic Marvel Podcast. Hi, everybody. Curtis Findley here with an interview with Larry Hama. I was putting together my Iron Fist episode, and I definitely wanted to make sure that I talked to Larry Hama as he was there pretty much from the very beginning of Iron Fist. Larry told me before we got started that he actually didn't really remember a whole lot from his Iron Fist days. He only did three issues, and it was a long time ago. So this interview is quite short. But as an added bonus... Adam, who is my co-host for the the Spider-Man and Daredevil episodes, Adam has his own podcast called Comic Shenanigans, and uh, he got the chance to talk to Doug Mensch for close to two hours, and he had a little segment where he talked about Iron Fist, so I'm going to include that here because Doug Mensch and Larry Hama worked on the book together for those three issues. You can hear Adam's podcast by going over to comicshenanigans.podbean.com. And if you want to hear more exclusive interviews, head over to patreon.com slash thunderquack. We make all of these interviews available to our Patreon supporters as exclusives because we can't run any of the podcasts on the Thunderquack Podcast Network without your support. This is our way of saying thank you. If you're part of the general public and you're listening to this, then I encourage you to hop on over to patreon.com slash thunderquack and become a supporter as well. Join the epic Marvel Marching Society and keep this podcast going. Without further ado, here is Adam's interview with Doug Mensch and my interview with Larry Hama. Another question, now this one comes from um, a fellow podcaster, his name is Curtis. He just wanted to know, uh, what was it like working on Iron Fist and Marvel Premiere 17 to 19 and working with Larry Hama, and how did you kind of get the gig to further develop Iron Fist after he was created by Len Wein? Well, my impression was Iron Fist was created by Roy and Gil Kane. Oh, my apologies, then I might be wrong there. <laughs> yeah, um... This is odd, I just got a check from Marvel because they say the Iron Fist Netflix series is heavily based on the issues I did with Larry Hama. And I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm gonna go cash the check. <laughs> um, uh, it's wonderful. I'm, you know, another reason I'm not doing much anymore is uh, since Hollywood went comic book crazy, this this money just falls out of the sky on your head, you know? I'm, the money from Bane alone is unbelievable. But uh, Larry Hama became a very good friend, although we, we butted heads on Iron Fist in a friendly way, uh, and later butted heads even more on uh, Fu Manchu, Larry's Japanese. And uh, even though Fu Manchu is Chinese, he was very uh, sensitive to uh, Asian stereotypes. 
And I remember him coming over to have dinner. And while my wife is cooking the dinner, we had this really intense thing over Fu Manchu. And I said, Larry, I, I agree with you. It's a totally racist character. It wasn't my choice to put him in the series. And I'm much more interested in Shang-Chi, who's a good Asian stereotype, you know? <laughs> and I mean, Fu Manchu's his father, but he's a bad guy. And yes, back when he was created, he was a racist, terrible stereotype. But just look at how I'm doing it. It's that—that's not there anymore, you know. And he would go, "It doesn't matter." It, you know, the yellow peril. I said, "You'll never see the yellow peril in anything I do. Don't worry." Yeah, but it's already been done. Yeah, I know, I know. But somehow we remain pretty good friends through all that. <laughs> um, I forget what the question was. How well, did, so I guess what well, was it like working on well, Iron Fist? How did I develop it from after Roy and Gil? I really, one of the reasons I couldn't tell you whether this money that just came is deserved or not, first of all, I'll, I'll probably never see the Netflix series. Second of all, I have no idea what I wrote on Iron Fist. Uh, I just can't remember that one. Um, well, I can't. I, I remember when they, when Roy asked me to take over uh, Master of Kung Fu, I said, well, you just asked me to take over Iron Fist. That's two martial arts things, and that's one too many. The only way I can produce as much output as I'm doing is if there's variety. I have to be able to go from one type of thing to another to another, or there's no way I could write this many pages per week, you know, if it was all the same. And he said, well, okay. And uh, and which one would you like? And I said, well, no offense to you, Roy. I know you created Iron Fist, but I'd rather do Shang-Chi. And he said, why is that? And I said, because Shang-Chi is actually Chinese, you know? <laughs> and Iron Fist is this, you know, the white guy has to come in and show all the Asians that he's better at their at their shtick than they are, you know? And that, that sort of bugs me. I don't like that. And I just saw, uh, uh, I didn't read the review, but I, I was looking at the news on, uh, I don't know what it was, salon.com or something. And there was a headline uh, knocking the new Iron Fist thing as being another example of the, quote, white savior syndrome. And I thought, damn, I, you know, 50 years ago, that's why I picked Master Kung Fu over Iron Fist, that exact same thing. Well, it's interesting with those original Marvel premiere issues. So you're right. It was Roy Thomas, but he wrote the first issue. The second issue was Len Wein, and then you did three issues, and then it moved on to Tony Isabella. So it was almost like Iron Fist was introduced and immediately a hot potato that no one really wanted to write. No, that's not the case. <laughs> um, Marvel back then was putting out so many titles or so many pages per month because the black and whites – each title may have counted as one, but they had 50-odd pages of material in them, so it was like three or two or three extra titles for each black and white. And there were only so many writers, and uh, deadlines were so bad back then that it was all that anybody could do to just get somebody to write the next issue in time for us not to pay a late fee at the printer. Uh, 
Mm. And there was this constant scrambling. Can you do it? No. How about you? No, 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 no. Has to be done by Tuesday. We got to find somebody. Somebody. You know when? <laughs> Can you do? It? All right, Len could do it. And it it would take. Sometimes it would take uh, two, three months before you would find the actual new writer on something. You know, with other people just scrambling to to keep up with the deadline. So it wasn't really a hot potato. It wasn't that nobody didn't, nobody wanted it. It, it was just that everything was late. Gotcha. Larry, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Glad to be here. Well, I know that you are kind of most celebrated for your work on uh, titles like G.I. Joe and Wolverine, but I really want to talk to you about some of your lesser talked about, or maybe it's, I don't know, do people talk about Iron Fist to you very much? Mm, not a lot, no. Perfect. Then we are going to have uh, some interesting conversation, hopefully. <laughs> now, I know that Iron Fist was a long time ago, so um, I'll ask you these questions and we can see... Um, see what you uh, remember from those days but this was kind of your first gig for uh, for marvel comics right um it was my first monthly book yes i'd done other work uh for marvel uh smaller jobs yeah. and what led you to uh coming onto iron fist was it roy thomas who uh, brought you on I can't really. I, I guess it was. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, he yeah, was the so editor at the time. I, I think he was the editor. It was when uh, it was in the days when you could be an editor and a uh, and and a writer before the stricture came down that you couldn't um, edit your own writing. <laughs> right. Right. So you kind of took over the very second issue of Iron Fist. So in a way, you laid a lot of the groundwork in terms of the, the tone and the style of of these books. Did you feel that when you were when you were doing it way back then? I don't know. I, I never thought about it that way. The writer you worked with was Doug Mensch. Uh -huh. Did he provide uh, a full script for you? I know Marvel style was kind of the way to think, to do things back then, but and was that the way Doug worked as well? Yeah, he wrote plots. And so then you got to do a lot of the actual uh, heavy lifting in terms of the the, uh, the layouts and such? Well, sometimes he, he didn't even write the plot. He just sort of uh, told it to me on the phone. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> so then in this sense, you got kind of thrown in there. Were you used to working in that kind of uh, a style, or is this was it hard work for you? No, I mean, uh, I just, I, I think of stories as being... Uh, purely visual anyway, so it wasn't uh, wasn't a stretch. That's good. Uh, what can you tell me about the origin of Iron Fist, like how how that book came into existence? I have absolutely no idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, I wasn't told. Yeah. I never asked. I just uh, did the pages. Yeah. You were ha And you were happy to do them because it was a job? Yes, yeah. sure. I'd rather have been doing ducks, but, you know, you had to take what you can get. Ducks? Like Donald yeah. Duck? Carl Barks. Yeah? Yeah. Really? And did you ever get the opportunity to do any, any of that stuff? Never. Never. Wow. So, Carl Barks was a big influence for you? Yeah. I mean, um, Uncle Scrooge uh, is still my all-time favorite comic. So. Wow. 
Wow, that's too bad that you never got that opportunity. But I think you kind of got pigeonheld to uh, doing G.I. Joe type stuff after a while. There was one character in your four issues that you did on Iron Fist called Triple Iron. Mm-hmm. Now, yes. did you get to uh, design that character? Because he's kind of the only, your only real supervillain from that, from your four issues there. Um, yeah, I had to pretty much conceptualize him. All I had was the, was the, I think all I was given was the name. You know, I, I think the plot for that issue was something like uh, Iron Fist enters the Meacham building and between the ground floor and the top floor, he runs into all sorts of traps. Right. And on, and on the top floor, he confronts uh, Triple Iron. That was pretty much the entirety of the plot. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. <laughs> I had to make up everything else. That's incredible. Well, what a what an amount of trust to to just hand that over and uh, and give it to you, the the new guy on the block. Yeah, I guess. Um, so in the end, did you like working on Iron Fist? Did did you ever want to go back to doing more more stories with that character? No. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Wasn't your cup of tea? I didn't like the costume at all. Oh yeah. Uh, no. Lots of it sort of rubbed me the wrong way, but, you know, I went along with it at the time. In what way did it rub you the wrong way? Was it the sort of the <laughs> cultural aspects of it? Yeah, and uh, I, I didn't like sort of being pegged as the go-to martial arts guy or something. Oh, yeah. Have you, see, have you been paying attention to the controversy that's been going around with the... Uh, the new Iron Fist TV show. Yeah, I think that's a little bit wrong-headed. The Iron Fist character was never an Asian character. Well, that was one of you know. Uh, if you change him to being an Asian, it, it changes the entire story. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah, you you lose that sort of fish out of water uh, feel. You lose um, all of that. Yeah. You know, um, I'm. I think that it could have been handled better. Totally. You know, I've I've watched maybe half the first season of, of the TV show, and um, I didn't think it was that awful. You know, and I liked it better than a, a lot of other stuff I've seen. So, you know, I think critics are right about certain aspects. That you know, the, the martial arts choreography is really pretty bad. Oh yeah, and, and the um, uh, the shooting and the um, the editing of the martial arts sequences is really sort of archaic and 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 bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because they, they you know they, the the star isn't a martial artist, so you can't you know you can't actually do the stuff. I mean, ever since. Uh, the Matrix, uh, American audiences have come to um, want to see fight scenes done in the um, the Kung Fu right. yeah. uh, movie style where it's, it's not quick cuts. You know, it's, you know, you, you get a protracted long shot, you know, that shows the entire, you know, the shows, shows are- 
that they can actually do it. You see full figures actually doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, instead of showing a guy throwing a punch, you cut to you know uh, a guy you know reeling back, you know, and yeah. you know, and lots of like little quick cuts. That's how you fix it when when you you have people that can't actually do the stuff. And some of those scenes just have a million cuts in them. It's, they must yeah. not have done a very good job at all in the shooting. Well, no, it's because they're making up, you know, they they made a qualitative choice and say, well, you know, we, we're going for characterization. We want we're not acting, you know. But, you know, if the whole point of, of the character in the show is that he's, you know, some, you know, amazing martial artist, <laughs> you're... You sort of lose it all, you know? Yeah, why not hire somebody who actually knows the skills <laughs> and make it easier on yourself? Right, oh. and and uh, you can manipulate the, the characterization so that, you know, if you, look, they, they, they were able to, like, you know, make an action star out of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That was successful because they didn't they didn't give him a lot of lines. They gave him some really key lines, but you know, other than you know, I'll be back. You know, how how much does he say? Right. So he just has to look, you know, bad, and that's what he's good at doing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it seems kind of stupid to do a martial arts show and not have a martial artist. No kidding. But I think the characterization and and the acting. Uh, is actually pretty good. Um, the level of acting on the show is, is is better than the level of acting I've seen on a lot of other Marvel shows. I, I couldn't get past the first episode of Agents of Shield. Was, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a different I, the, the problem level altogether. of acting was just abominable. So, so do you think the level of acting makes the those fight sequences can a little bit forgivable? No, no. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, okay. Um, Not enough to save the show. Yeah. Well, I, it, it's still, but it's still more watchable than a lot of other stuff. Yeah. So, I'll I'll go back and watch the rest of it just to see. But um, a lot of other shows, I just gave up after fifteen minutes. You know. Yep. Well, there's a lot, of, a lot of superhero stuff on TV. I just can't, uh, I just can't get past uh, the fact that uh, you know the writing is clumsy and, and and the characters are totally unbelievable and and they don't make me care about the characters. And why waste your time when there's so much other good stuff out there? Right. Yeah. Well, is there anything that you're working on now that you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, half the stuff I'm working on is covered by. NDAs. <laughs> oh yeah, but, those pesky NDAs. Uh, but I'm still, um, I'm still writing GI Joe, a real American hero for IDW. It's a monthly, and I'm uh, been doing uh, layouts and breakdowns uh, for Deathstroke at DC. Nice. Um, and I'm working on another monthly book that I can't talk about. Yet. Okay. And um, finishing up a couple of large projects that I can't talk about. And they're graphic novels. And 
working on a couple of movie projects that I can't talk about. And, um, wow, you're a busy guy. Plus, you do like uh, a million conventions. I was looking at your convention schedule. And it's like you're there every other week at something. Mm-hmm. You are a busy guy. Yeah, and I'm going to um, Kuwait in April for the State Department. Really? So it should be interesting. For yeah, me. wow. Well, thank you very much, Larry, for taking the time to talk with us today. Appreciate it, and I think all our listeners will, too. Okay, well, thank you. <laughs>